welcome back to what have you i'm rachel jankovic and i'm becca merkel this is season one episode one <laughs> of our podcast <laughs> here we are on a hot summer Fresh day new take hot summer day it is it is hot sitting in the car i was just telling becca i bought a cute little bottle of tums from this just sounds already like I've gone way off the path here, but it's it is cute. It's a miniature yeah, Tums. It is. It's like a dispenser, which I purchased in these perilous times of heartburn that I appear to suffer. Like <laughs> I don't. It doesn't feel like heartburn to me, but but it feels like if I ate an onion, I'm going to be sick all day. Is yeah, what it feels sure. like. But I bought this, and the only one that came in a little wee vessel was the Tums Naturals. Well, because you don't want a huge clanking <laughs> no. pill pot but in let your me, purse. But you let know. me tell you that I do not recommend the Tums Naturals. <laughs> and I was telling her, the bar for the flavor on a Tums is real low. Yeah, like, is. flavor yeah. is not one of the reasons you get no. involved. No. But let me tell you that the no artificial flavor or dyes in this special presentation of black <laughs> cherry and watermelon Tums is horrific it's like if you put a little <laughs> took a little piece of sidewalk chalk yeah and then yeah. let a watermelon dribble on it and then you eat it <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. gruesome yeah. no you're like bring back the artificiality like, bring in whatever flavor sequence <laughs> you can find that is not the natural one <laughs> the natural one is a dark time that's so, really funny yeah, yeah. anyways well, so let's update on so, my life update over the last little stretch we should say that nothing dire befell us he, rachel is not you know in dark shape somewhere i think something I think, bad might have happened to becca because she's only wearing one big hoop earring oh that did happen <laughs> actually you're right now that you say that i think you might have been drunk <laughs> through a bush backwards I, and missed well yeah no i was just now on the phone trying to untangle a rented linen fiasco mm. and my earrings suddenly sprung out and shot down my shirt and so <laughs> i because i was on the phone i just set it on the table next to me and when i hung up you said i'm outside your house oh, and yeah, i just yeah. came out like that well, but nothing desperate happened to us. We're all alive. We're thriving. Yeah. We went whitewater rafting. It's amazing. And that was I, fun. Out of the last four weeks, Ben and I have been on a trip during three of them. So, I mean, I, three separate trips that's how in Becca, three separate Becca weeks. takes the credit for us not doing podcasts. Yeah. Also, I am nailing my Idaho bucket list. What well I'm, done, yeah. Sometimes you realize that there's a lot to be embarrassed about when you are like, I grew up in Idaho, but I have never done... I've never been to Yellowstone. The, the following dot, dot, dot. Did you go to Yellowstone? I've been to Yellowstone. Yeah. I have not. Wow. I've not been to Glacier. I don't think I've been to Glacier. I've not really hit the national parks no. in a great way. I've never been to Banff. We went to Yellowstone on a time when Luke had a meeting at Big Sky, we the whole family yeah. went Did you? there. Yeah, yeah. It was years ago. But we drove to Yellowstone because we were so close. We were like, we better go to Yellowstone. Drove all the way in, made it to Old Faithful, 
and had to leave to get back for his meeting like seven minutes before Old Faithful blew. <laughs> what that is nice. is a well-timed family vacay yeah, right yeah, there. Well done. You're like, we're trying to see it, but we cannot. We're yeah. going back. But Just we did find do the postcard and we call did it. Yellowstone. But no, the things that I've never done in Idaho that I have checked off my list recently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm rafting on the salmon river which yeah, is only that like is good it's only two hours away from us but it, it is like a destination rafting. yeah but i'd never done it uh this one camping i've never camped ever I've never i've never ever camped when did you camp oh on the on rafting, the rafting trip. trip oh we you camped did two at once yeah and now how i've camped quite extensively but you also went on a rafting trip see there yeah, are a lot of things that you guys did in high school that then yeah, got canceled due to no doubt mm. how bad becca behaved on yeah it. well i'm the reason she's the reason that nobody could be allowed <laughs> no, to do it by I, the time i, I got actually there. could tell you the reasons but maybe we, yeah, we you shouldn't don't do that on the air <laughs> no but why did they cancel the rafting uh, well trip? i'll tell you anyways the reason the the point in all of this is that I have missed every bus on camping that ever yeah, funny. came or went. I've never yeah. opted out of it. It's never been yeah. like I had the opportunity and I didn't. Yeah. This was like the easiest way to camp except for being pregnant. And I yeah. don't think I recommend it. No. Pregnant. Well, I don't think I would I do that. I have to say that we, so Ben was a big like backpacker, climber, outdoorsy type when we got yeah. married. But I was pregnant in you know like three months in to the marriage and that does put that changes it just dynamic. puts you in a different career path than outdoorsiness when you have yeah. five children in a hot row but anyway we um kids were older this is probably like i don't know i want to say knox was maybe like a junior high you know like everybody's uh -huh. like they can carry their own packs we had elementary kids and we were like we're gonna do it we're gonna go camp and go out backpacking and so we go to Hell's Canyon in the summer and it's named Hell's Canyon for apt and appropriate reasons because <laughs> it's like 300 degrees down in there and we get out of the car at the sort of a parking lot kind of an area and then we were going to go yeah. off of this trail and we all have our gear and all of our stuff and we've all got our water bottles and we... <laughs> <laughs> we were out of water and, and like fresh out of water before we were out of sight in the car. Did you just turn we, around? No, we had to go down to the river and Ben is like pumping and filtering and I'm like, I don't think I can make it. I don't think we're going to pull through. And it was like, the car is right there. <laughs> Well, we've had a big adventure. We've done we our did. job. We did make it up the road a little ways and we camped and we did it. But it was so funny to be like, I'm not sure we're cut out for this. Well, we're out there of were, supplies. There we were can't two, work. There were two. It was a really magnificent little rafting trip. It was super fun. But two things that I don't recommend doing while pregnant. Okay. One was sleeping on the ground. No. And in spite of the fact that there was like a mat the yeah. problem is yeah. that you can't if you can't land your back and you can't land your stomach this yeah. leaves you to lay sharply on your hip and shoulder <laughs> with uh insufficient pillowing yeah yeah like and i live a pretty pillow bolstered Pillowed life, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyways that was difficult 
the other aspect that I felt like pregnancy really did not make me shine on is getting back into the raft. <laughs> it been a different time and I wasn't pregnant that I could have gotten myself into the raft you know like that because my kids Luke could do it yeah the yeah. kids mm. down to like my four oldest kids could all pull themselves yeah. into their raft yeah and then the younger ones we had to you know help hoik them in yeah but, yeah. but I <laughs> So it was like a, the second day I think it was like 105 degrees, mm -hmm. but the water was 70. Like this is part. Oh. So after we would go through a little rapids, we could all, you can oh, all I float and just yeah. float in the river in That's your life jacket. That's so fun. Well, the first day, look at it. I, you know, sometimes you're like, that has to have been the worst looking thing you've ever seen in your life, except for, I really wish someone had filmed it because <laughs> I would really like to watch it probably yeah. over and oh, over yeah. and over. But oh, yeah. at this point, Luke has not pulled anyone into the raft yet. Mm -hmm. And the way that you pull people into the raft is grabbing the top of their, the shoulders of yeah. their life jacket. Yeah. And you sort of push them down in the water a little bit so that the life jacket, the buoyancy Boing. of the yeah. life jacket yeah. is kind of like a little jump. But then you basically just kind of scramble. Fall, no, you kind of fall back into the raft and it pulls them just sort of you're pulling straight across the side of the raft. Okay, you're not like yeah. just trying to lift them up yeah. or whatever. But the I the first day, the second day I got my life jacket in a better situ so that it would stick with me. But the first day my life jacket because the important buckle is the lowest okay. one, which is the one the that one couldn't that... hit the spot for me. So it was like the life jacket was already riding up a little bit. You know, yeah, like it was already yeah. up high and it do was not. Do they make maternity life jackets? Nah, well, yeah. if they do, they didn't tell me about it. And <laughs> and I didn't think to ask. So they, it was just sort of awkwardly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. arranged on me. <laughs> and after floating, it was clearly not tethered to my person in the way it ought sure, to be. Sure. So the second day, it was way better because I made it much tighter in the upper body so yeah. that it it didn't come yeah. up around my ears when I was in the <laughs> water but oh my gosh Luke so and I did funny. the most most disgraceful and ungraceful <laughs> so he leans over I'm like babe <laughs> can you pull me in and he grabs the shoulders of my life jacket <laughs> and it's lifts me up but the but instead of me catching the side of the raft at all just by brute strength but I think he was trying to not drag my pregnant belly across the edge right, of the raft right, so right, right. he just does this bizarre like lifts me up into the air as I am like coming out of my life jacket so my arms go up straight and my head is like inside the life jacket and he can't see. he's not looking at this I don't know why he does not see what's happening he's just trying he's like looking pat like trying to see how, where my I don't know if he was just trying to make me land on my feet in the raft but he's very tall and he's very strong so like he was just holding 
me up in the air. <laughs> wow, my pregnant belly and my legs are scrambling. <laughs> oh, and it was absolutely shocking how we did that. And he was totally surprised by what had happened to my upper body. Basically, it was like shocking wow. me out of my life jacket. <laughs> oh, wow. I love Anyways, that. Anyways, that good. was probably our best, most <laughs> shocking work of the rafting trip. <laughs> but oh, had only someone word. been go, GoPro-ing that, you know. It would have getting, been excellent. It would have been good to really catch that, the footage. And oh, I'm sure Luke's word. face was very excellent when he saw what was <laughs> So he got you in, though. That's oh, he the got me thing. in, but, like, just on a trajectory that I never saw coming. <laughs> like, I was aiming to just get my arms over the edge of the raft, but I just kept going. <laughs> was he, like, standing in the raft, pretty excellent I, there's no explanation for how it happened oh, I wow. I was like I'm gonna I really couldn't talk about it that is so funny because every time I started to talk about it I was like I'm actually gonna go completely around the bend in the like laughing crying yeah. like <laughs> like it was way too oh way wow. too funny for me when this That's happened so that was that, really that good. was good also oh wow for a first time camping so we're full of delights. Yeah. We had three tents for our, just our family. Okay. Luke and I are in one, then the three boys in another one, and the four girls in the other one. The furthest one away was the girls. Uh-huh. And just in the middle of the night, Shad <laughs> appears in our tent and just says, super chill. Mom, Dad, Moses is gone. <laughs> He's not in our tent. I can't find him anywhere. So Luke and I are, of course, both shooting up from... I don't feel like I was really asleep because I yeah. had heard... Yeah. I had heard Shad say something over in their tent, and I heard Titus kind of talking with Shad briefly. So when Shad arrived to tell us Moses had vanished in yeah. the night of yeah. camping, yeah. I uh, Luke was going from asleep to to rescue yeah yeah no, you got I it. was like Titus through the tent wall is Moses in your tent Titus is like yes <laughs> and then Shad says I see him running down to the river turns out Shad had to go to the bathroom and he was only having he was like I think I was having a bad dream like he had a bad oh dream word. that Moses Just was sleep. lost but he, Walking. yeah, he just sleepwalked to our tent and told us Moses had <laughs> vanished. And then, what was good about that situation, this funny, is that Titus was correct. Moses was conked in their tent. 
But Titus was also in the middle of a night's sleep, and when we asked him that, he looked over and <laughs> saw Shad's sleeping bag wadded up and thought it was Moses. <laughs> oh my word. So he didn't even ever look at Moses. So if Shad had been correct, that we would have yeah. gotten a false positive from yeah, Titus. Yeah, and yeah. then, because we know this because when Shad came and got back in his sleeping bag, Titus was like, Shad, get off of Moses. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm saying is, uh, yeah. no actual danger occurred in the night, but we had a moment where we wondered. You thought that yeah. maybe it would. Yeah. That's so really funny. Oh, I see it. Hot tips for me well on done. how to go camping well gracefully. Done. You know? That's good. That's yeah. good. But other bucket item, pick tuckleberries. Oh, yeah, that is good. Yeah. I've done that too, actually. Yeah, well, you don't invite me to do no. any, any of the typical. That was an accident. We found ourselves in the mountains with huckleberries, and we thought, well, hey, let's do this. So Bucket we, list. I, we picked a good big, you know, like a gallon maybe. Oh, that reminds me of something else. But we picked maybe a gallon bag's worth of huckleberries, which is quite precious, you know, yeah. commodity. So I was like, I'm going to make jam. And I'm going to put it in little tiny jars so mm -hmm. that you can just get out, you know, I was going to do freezer jam just so I wasn't messing around with canning lots of little jars. And so I put them all in the freezer and I was like, that'd be a fun, like Sunday morning thing, yeah, you know, sure. for breakfast, the huckleberries we picked. Proceeded to forget about them. Never did get out a huckleberry jam. They were in the garage freezer for, I don't know. Until I felt like it had been too long, and then I <laughs> <laughs> threw it away. Your special bottles, your vials yeah, of huckleberry yeah, jam. My little wee freezer. But see, yeah, the problem with the freezer in the garage is I think like the power had gone out, and then you didn't know how long it had been. Yeah, out, yeah, you yeah. Know, like it's one of those. Sure. I anyway, see how it is. But yeah, so what are you doing with your huckleberries? We ate them all. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Right. I really like huckleberries fresh. I, so to me, it's like, yeah. I don't want to bake them with sugar usually because I think they're so sure. good because they're like tangy. Yeah, they are. I have a lot of little ripe currants right now. Oh, I say fun. a lot. I mean, I have some small bushes and up till now when I have harvested my currants, I've gotten enough to make two up to potentially three teaspoons of jam off of it. You know, like not, not exactly breaking the baskets. Right. Of Weighty yeah, yeah, yeah. fruit, but anyway, I have a bunch out there. I need to go out and, and cut them because I think they've been ripe now for like a week, and so I've got to get on the stick, get it done. That'd be fun. Make some currant jelly. I think we're pretty behind the times in our gardening life right now. Our house is any things that we're growing outside oh. are suffering due to yeah. my lack of hey, diligence. Look though, in my hanging basket, yeah, they look great. They're still alive, and I feel like pretty moderately proud about that. My problems are right now that I think that when you're pregnant you should probably live in a little house mm -hmm. I think that you mm -hmm. want to live if you can help it in, in an RV of, in the kind of environment <laughs> where if you putter around you can still make a difference <laughs> puttering is irrelevant in yeah. my yeah. life mm. so I'm like not quite covering the waterfront on anything yeah. I That's feel like right. I'm ricocheting from one big something to another big something. So it's like we had the wedding and we've had travel and we had birthdays. And then it's like I'm back from a trip, but Ben's birthday. And then, you know, so I, I have not had a single week 
the whole summer that was just a normal week. It was like there was the teacher mm-hmm. training, Logos teacher training. There's been trips. There's been yeah, you know, weddings. There's it's a been problem. All sorts is of that that is the new normal? Might be, and I and that's the thing yeah. is that you know I think people keep asking me, oh, how does it feel to not have teaching coming up? And I'm like, you know what, I have not had time to notice that and I think I won't notice it till September when I get through all the madness of the beginning of NSA Mm -hmm. and then I will have a midlife crisis no doubt and we might all have to deal with Becca and her her meltdown her her little nervous breakdown she's having from not knowing what to do Uh um yeah yeah Uh, I'm trying to find something that somebody Actually, somebody I will say, sent us something that I thought we should oh, talk good, about. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. While well, you're looking for that, though, Rach, I tell my family this: if I ever have a nervous breakdown and I rush away, you know, never to return, what's happened to mom? She's she's cracked yeah. at last. They know where to look for me. I'm like, I I'll be down at Grumpy's Tavern in Oaksdale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every time we drive past that, is it Oaksdale or is it Garfield? It's one of those where you yeah. drive through and there's this little Grumpy's, <laughs> Grumpy's Tavern. And it's like that. That'll be where I hold up. If you really decide to give in to all your base impulses, that's where you're gonna go. Well, that's the thing is a lot of people spend a lot of time giving in to all their base impulses. Right. So if I do that, you'll know where to look. So somebody sent this, and I thought this is a Gospel Coalition post, which is okay. interesting. Okay. Uh, and so I think that this is just weird. Okay. But do it. Still, it's interesting. Okay. The Gospel Coalition, it's where to find the real Proverbs 31. Okay. Where? Where indeed? This is why would Solomon produce a whole book about pursuing wisdom and finish it by saying, now go marry Wonder Woman? That's not his point. <laughs> I think all they right. needed to work harder to set that up for me to go with them. To feel like, but, yeah. Okay, but, so here's right. a little more. In my early days of ministry, I worked with college students. Many wanted to know what the Bible says about the kind of spouse they should be looking for. I remember having a group of students at our home one evening to walk through Proverbs 31. I described the Proverbs 31 woman and told them, this passage sets the biblical standard for married women. As I taught, one woman in the group was visibly shocked like a deer in the headlights. Another woman hung her head low. I didn't know it at the time, but I see now that I had misused the Bible to set an unrealistic bar. I'd put a painful burden on some women there. I wish now I could go back to tell that group this passage is about so much more than the ideal wife. So... I, there, it goes on, but let's just stop dear, here dear to readers, say, you can't see the ugly face I'm making. Yeah, but, you, but Becca is making an ugly face. Part of this that I, what I mind here is that nobody, nobody fusses about unrealistic standards no. for men. But think like, about if, if it you, was like, I told them that an elder must be the husband of one wife. And I see now how I hurt the I feelings. I hurt the feelings. Or if you say things like, I told them they must love their wife as Christ loved the church. But I see but now how that was such an unrealistic and unattainable yeah. bar. They hung well, their heads if in it's shame. an unrealistic bar to say be like Christ, then how is it an unrealistic bar to say be diligent and 
faithful and fruitful and you know oh like word. whatever also the the intro sentence like, <laughs> why would he write a whole book about pursuing pursuing wisdom and then tell you to marry a wise woman <laughs> it's like well i think that's kind of the point i don't know it seems Aren't like you're supposed to okay. pursue wisdom the next slide <laughs> problems with my interpretation i mean what he i assume he means these are the problems with his former interpretation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what's wrong with the ideal wife interpretation of Proverbs 31? There are at least three things. Okay, I'm First, ready. I'm ready. there's an audience problem. This is amazing to me, actually. Proverbs <laughs> wasn't originally written to women to instruct them on how they should live. Solomon's original audience <laughs> was young royal boys who would grow to rule as part of the Israelite nobility. If the passage isn't written to women... It's wrong for us to see it primarily as a tool to teach wives how to You know to what act. I think? Here's what I think. What would make a ton of sense would be to say, boys, here's what you should look for in a wife. But then don't let any of the girls know what that is. No, it, that way they can have a scavenger hunt of we success want, or no, failure. This only applies to Israelite nobility boys. Like, well, that yeah. is a really weird way to try to filter out. No, but also, like... If this is what the men should look for, then it would be nice for the girls to know what the men are looking for, you know. Or the girls ought to know that this is an idea. So, second, there's a context problem. In the context of the book as a whole, the passage most likely describes lady wisdom. No. <laughs> lady wisdom, Becca, I don't know if you know this, but lady wisdom is very different than wise ladies. So if, if Lady Wisdom no, is preparing wisdom. garments for her for yeah. her family. That's the problem is that if you want to make Lady Wisdom an abstraction, Solomon put a lot of hardcore details into that section. Orchards. She's buying orchards and she's preparing foods and she's weaving clothing yeah, and she's yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. throughout Proverbs, the sage has personified godly wisdom for young men as an attractive model woman. Well, well, how much then yeah. should it not be a model for women? No, like because if women aren't allowed to know what the women men aren't supposed like. to know what the men ought to think is desirable. No. no, chapter thirty-one provides the most desirable picture in the book: the perfect wife. But the purpose of this passage isn't to put the spotlight on wifely perfection, but on lady wisdom, who is even better. It's so weird. Third, there's a problem with our assumption. Even if you didn't know anything about the audience or the context, just look at all this woman does. She's perfect in every way. She beats the sun out of bed in the morning to make food for her husband and all their servants. She stays up all night making merchandise to sell it next morning. She doesn't stay up all night, actually. But it does. It does. Her lamp does no, not go out by night, but... I, that doesn't say she doesn't sleep. But I think it does say she's working She's working her, hard. Her, yeah, her lamp does not go out by night. She but. makes the food, makes the clothes, earns the money, and deals with the kids. The ideal wife interpretation of Proverbs 31 assumes it's possible to find the perfect spouse in our fallen world. But it's not, apart from Christ. This is hideous. Beautiful wisdom. Why would Solomon produce a whole book about pursuing wisdom and finish it by saying, now go marry Wonder Woman? That's not his point. The main purpose of Proverbs 31 is to show how incredible godly wisdom is. Solomon pleads with young men to desire wisdom the way they desire the perfect wife. Solomon's metaphorical wife shows us just how amazing wisdom is. This is a bunch of shenanigans. Shenanigans to try to make sure that no woman feels 
convicted by Proverbs no, 31. No. When wisdom abounds, work is carried out more diligently. This is very funny. And finances are handled. Well, can wisdom not be something specific women need to embody? No. no. Right? Women get sad when you wisdom talk about it. Wisdom dresses herself in strength, offering you protection. Then at night when you go to sleep, wisdom does not. Lady wisdom benefits the poor and needy and offers those around her protection from the harsh winter weather. Just being in a relationship with her gains you esteem in your city. She's kind and caring, lifting up. But see, all of this does you know not. What, though? The weird part about that is all of it. There's no none of those things. Like I have no problem with describing that wisdom is these things. It's the funny part is you say it's not a real woman. It's an abstraction to teach us about wisdom in the in the sort of definitional sense. But then apparently you're not allowed to let that definitional sense come back down into your real life. Right. So he says, the very last slide says, does this mean there's nothing for a wife to learn in Proverbs 31? No, there's much here for wives, husbands, children, and singles. All who embrace, embrace lady wisdom through Jesus Christ will be blessed in his life. And the next, here Solomon's pleas at the climactic ending of the book. Embrace wisdom. Don't just take her for a time. Commit your life to her the way a man would a perfect wife. I don't have a problem with that part saying, but I feel like that was is, a lot of extravagance. The first thing, though, that we ought to note is Proverbs 31 was, doesn't that come in the, from King Lemuel's mother section? Well, okay, but I have a, uh, that's earlier in Proverbs. No, it's the bit about do not give your strength to women. No, your ways yeah, to that which destroys. That's Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 wife comes right after that. But the thing that I but feel like... But Solomon wrote Proverbs 31, I was struck by this the last time we read... Well, just go and double check because I don't want to say the wrong thing here. But I'm pretty sure it's yeah, yeah, in the right. King Lemuel's mother passage. Which means... Yeah, the words of King Lemuel's mother. Which means that actually the Proverbs 31 wife was penned by a woman. Right? I mean... Of course, mm. I don't know about the original text, so I, I shouldn't buy it. But recorded as this is what King Lemuel's mother said, right. and and it's very specific, concrete advice to her son about don't give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings, etc. But then the other thing I think is really interesting is apparently the the Jewish organization of the Old Testament mm -hmm. um, was different than ours, and Proverbs thirty one ends with who can find a virtuous wife. And the very next book is Ruth. Mm -hmm. And that's just... It. So it's like... So something that I love... a continuation of this. like, here, this is a virtuous wife. And I love it. I think that that is really cool. So people say, we know Solomon wrote uh, the first 29 chapters. And 30 and 31 is, I assume... So there's speculation that somebody else added those... Uh, but I don't think that they know that, right? Like, I don't the, know. The whatever. I, I don't know enough about the text. I was really struck the last time we were reading, um, about Rahab. How yeah. much the Proverbs 31 woman parallels yeah, Rahab. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah, You know, is. you're like... I just think it's cool, though, to think of going from the Proverbs 31 sort of like Ruth. where is this woman and then having it be the story of Ruth because what a beautiful example of that you know totally so I don't know I think that there's just a lot of people trying to protect themselves from conviction but also scripture. protect any other woman from feeling bad about yeah, yeah. that but the reality is 
Of course we don't measure up. No, obviously like, not. But, but I think that that's a weird... Okay, I have thought a lot of times over that the world right now, the Christian world, is hurting in a bad way for imagination. Like, do we do not have the imagination to think bigger storylines and trajectories. I so, have something to tag on to this, which is slightly different, but I've been having the same thought. So okay. go, go where you're so going to go with I this. think about this all the time. Like we've talked about this with like not having the imagination to see the sin in your two year old son as what kind of fruit that would be in an mm-hmm. old man. Right. Right. Like right. what kind of a life will this make his, like if he doesn't learn to rule this, no, what kind of a grandfather will he be? What yeah, kind of exactly. devastation could the, you know, like, yeah. and that bit of imagination is really what you are, need to like steer things. Well, like what yeah. are we trying to build? But one of the bigger things is like, if you can't hear like Proverbs 31 as an inspiring imaginative description of like, not that you should go through it and rate yourself one through ten on each of these items, or take things weirdly woodenly and or say take clearly it weirdly personally. Biceps. Like uh, we yeah, have to oh, focus right. on the biceps. Oh. I hate that. Oh my word! You're that. so right. Yeah, it's she like guards her arms with strength. It's like she curls. Does, She's got to yeah. do some curls. But uh, basically, I, I really hate. But but that's also a failure of imagination. Yeah, it's like you don't actually understand what this is. But like, if someone was to write a uh, like I've just thought over and over how badly we need to have an image or an idea in our own mind that is unattainable for us. Like that is actually that you strive for that you yeah. would be thinking, this is what I want. Like, and, and how much we all need to see that as like, well, what is Christian community supposed to be like? Yeah. What is, what would a Christian city be like? What would a Christian like, but it's like, think about, I mean, your plants in the garden are, reaching for the sun like that's what they're trying to do it's like that's what makes them grow up is that sort of right trying to find the sun and you know like you see the little the plant that is like struggled through all the weeds yeah yeah to poke its head out to find the sun and I feel like that's what you need to have that you need to have God's word that you're reaching towards and that's the thing of like Proverbs 31 my (laughs) feeling is that how dare any of us be offended by something that is an absolutely beautiful, powerful description of yeah. how a woman blesses those around her, how she can be mighty in her household and how, like, yeah, it's a wonderful description. It's like a plant saying, I can't, I don't like the sun. It makes me feel short. Yes. Stop, <laughs> stop this madness of giving like me an idea what to do. You're looking at this all wrong. If that's the, if that's your conclusion, you're looking at this all wrong. And I think a big part of that is because we, we, Everyone just wants to be affirmed where we are as right. though this is, you know, you are enough. This is enough. You don't mm-hmm. need to do. Mm-hmm. But no Christian should be thinking this is enough. We are enough. This is it. Because as long as we're here, as long as we're given breath, we're given work to do. for Like we are yeah. called you want to, stretch to be taller. doing stuff. And if and you can't, if there's nothing that you're allowed to aim at, then what are you supposed to stretch for? Like, what does growth mean? You know, if you can't, if you can't hold the bar up there, if you can't have a ruler on the wall, then you can't even see if you're growing or not growing or yeah, you, you know, 
you don't talk about this kind of thing with me. It makes me feel bad. And it's like, well, that is probably a sign that you have forgotten that growing is what we're all supposed yeah. to be trying it's to the do. The first thing you need to sort out is that problem. And I think there's a huge part of it that is just needing to be at peace with the fact that we're all becoming something. Everyone is mm-hmm. being shaped mm-hmm. and becoming and being conformed in the likeness of Christ. Yeah. And that the fact that we are not perfectly Christ-like right now should come as no surprise to well, us. Well, you know what? It's one of the sort of basic tenets of our faith. So, you know, we should be okay with it. Yeah. That we got work to do here. <laughs> but so it, the whole justification-sanctification distinction has been hammered out. You know, that's something that we've all... But it's, it is interesting to think if you can't paint for your daughters a vision of something glorious that they would be like, that would be, that's what I'm aiming for. And that's what I'll aim for through years. Yeah. Through years of diligence and work and, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and learning more things and practicing things and having faith that the little things you're practicing, God will use towards the bigger things. Like just there, I think it's just kind of like, yeah, this is the problem is that we've quit acting like there's a journey. Yeah, and if you start making wisdom into this abstract thing that just vaguely makes your life better, it's like, that just is so... And also, like, wisdom drives you to specific action. That's what I mean. Like, it's it's almost as if they want to lift it out of the realm of reality and then keep it there. Like Make don't, it vague. Don't let it come back down. I've said this before, but anytime you pray something like, Lord, help me bless this child today. Yeah. You immediately can think of multiple things you could do that would right. bless right. that child. Right. But if you want to keep it in the abstract, abstract, yeah, you could be like, wisdom is just a vague, unattainable thing. If you say yeah. like, if you're going to say, Lord, make me a wiser homemaker, you probably can already think of areas yep. that you're not being extra wise <laughs> in, right? Like you can immediately be like, I think I'm actually wasting time. Right. I think I'm not shopping effectively because I didn't make a plan, yep. you know, or whatever. And you're like, okay, these are ways in which I should grow in wisdom. But if you're just like, wisdom is this vague thing that you get what you get and there's nothing. Yeah. Or it's even, you know, if you think about like, what could I do to bless my husband? There's a way of answering that question honestly that you know he would think was a blessing versus how you would prefer yourself to be allowed to bless your husband you know those are two different questions not the same as it turns out but it's easy to think you're doing the one when you're actually doing the other you know like how can i bless this child today could actually be how can i feel like a good mom and yeah. those, that's a, that's a simple difference that could overlap, you know, like it really could overlap, but it also could be just it totally could also be watertight, very, very different narratives yeah. because you yeah. could be thinking, how could I feel like a good mom? I know how I, I've used this example before, but when like, my kids I'll were, put a sweet Instagram post up. Oh yeah. That'll just what the whole feel, family wishes I would do. It'll make me feel like a good mom and my kids won't know. And all the ladies will tell me I'm such a good mom. Yeah. I had, um, I just remember some phase when my two older girls were at school and the twins were still at home and I for sure wanted the twins to still be taking an afternoon nap. Yeah. I, the Jankovic family has never held on to a napper. Yeah. Yeah. All the way through the twos. In the twos, 
at some point in the twos we quit it yeah and then but that's always been more about me opening my hands and letting mm -hmm. go of the naps mm -hmm. however when it was the twins i think i just felt like no really we yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not joking guys no not really joking. we think afternoon naps are more fun than not afternoon naps well lena and daphne would come home from school and i really felt like the dream time then would be now you're home let's take a reading rest have yeah. a little why don't you have a snack let's put our feet up and look at a book together mm -hmm. like i'll drink mm -hmm. a coffee you guys chill out nobody wake the twins up so basically my big agenda was this is the time when i would like quiet and coffee and you guys also would probably be most blessed by that yeah we had yeah a time of quietude yeah because they they surely should know that mom they are most I blessed felt like when mom is most blessed. Haven't you all been at school doing stuff all day? <laughs> Let's take a little time out. Turns out though, that was a big time me. It was big time me knowing what sounded nicest. Yes. And not in any way being willing intuitively to lay down my own desires for what not only the two people straight home from school, but the two hot and tots in their beds <laughs> actually would think was yeah. brilliant right right and i it felt like a brutal mm -hmm. self-sacrifice it's funny mm -hmm. when you think mm -hmm. about it now yeah. to be like but the time when i was like <laughs> do you guys want to turn on some crazy music and play tag <laughs> they're like Woo! and the twins are tearing out of their room like day ever <laughs> and me just realizing that what I would think sounded like a happy home of peaceful times was not actually the same thing as yeah. what would make my children think this is a happy home yeah, exactly. of wonderful happy times mm -hmm. and you just kind of like oh snap yeah. turns out yeah worse luck <laughs> but I'm gonna have to get with the party I know I know. And, and it turns out lots of times when you just decide to make that adjustment way better and not sulk about it i think i had to have a great time being like okay here's what we're gonna do i'll put stuff on all the napkins i'll fill everyone a little whatever it was this is your snack mm -hmm. i'll put it on the table we'll turn on fun music we'll just have a yeah. a hot and hot reunion hour when you yeah. all get back yeah. and that's what we're gonna do we're gonna yeah. just think yeah. it's a party yeah and it was a it was great but it was also not the easiest adjustment in the world no for me they rarely are no I must say adjustments are i don't think god uh cares very much you know like sometimes you know when you're going through road work areas and they have the big alert signs that are like mm -hmm. bump yeah yeah sometimes i think like god doesn't mm -hmm. he doesn't bother to put those signs well, up but i think that he's <laughs> built this into the world because we all know that when you are weight training or something the way you get the way you build the muscle is by a lot of little tiny tears yep which is what makes you sore it's and then and then fragile thing it's the like what makes you like it's little it's resistance and difficulty that actually instead of just not hurting you it makes you stronger right so yeah. i do think that that god appears to grow us through uncomfortable times like yeah. that is 
not a fluke that appears to be how he wants it. Yeah, because I've never <clears throat> heard of anyone that felt like, now I've arrived at smooth sailing and I just know I'm in the will of God and I'm just living at the easiest possible challenge-free lifestyle. No. It doesn't happen like that. No. There's always another I think there challenge. might be a lot of, of bad um, worldview contained sometimes in those and they lived happily ever after because I think we all think we should be living in the happily ever after right or now. Or you mean kind of that joke that you're always like after the next few weeks it's going to calm down. Yeah but yeah. like the happily ever after it is worth noting this nobody tells the story of the happily ever after because that's not actually a story that you want to read but it is the story that we all want our lives to be which is quite funny because every one of us your favorite story it's conflict and trials yep. and overcoming and that's why it's a good story and that's why it's so satisfying when they get through it and then yes the happily ever after happens but no book is just the story of happily ever after and yet that's right that's what we want like none of us would choose to watch that or read that but we want for some reason God to tell that story for us in our own life. Right. And it and it's funny because because of all the ways. I can remember when I was even a really little kid because it was on E Street and I remember standing at our dresser that granddad built. Mhm. Mm in our room with the dusty pink walls oh, that yeah. were mm -hmm. stenciled around the yeah, top. They were. I think there was a mirror over that dresser. Maybe. But I had hurt something. I think I had like sprained my ankle or something. I had a pain among me, <laughs> and I. Rem but I can't have been very old. But I. It was the time that I remember being like, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. It's all I can think about. Mm -hmm. And then being like, but my elbow feels fine. Yeah. And my eyes are working just fine. <laughs> and yeah. my like like I remember doing an inventory of all the things that don't hurt. Yeah. And noticing for the first time. How you don't notice the things that are yeah, not hurting. Exactly. And I was like, how many ways are we all living happily mm -hmm. ever afters in, but we notice any area of conflict or difficulty yeah. stands out to us like this is. And then we behave not like the heroes or heroines of our favorite <laughs> stories. <laughs> Alas. Alas, we do not always behave uh, like them. I know. Funny. So I have another thing, but I, we should save it for another podcast because it is, it was that failure of imagination thing, like uh -huh. a lot of things going well, wrong. Well, we're there. actually, Grace Agenda is coming up and we're talking all about, imagine the women's pre-conference is all about imagination. Oh, you're right. I should, I should and save this for that talk. You should because I should, this oh, is actually what we were, this is why that was the topic that we picked was kind of like that nobody is telling, so Nobody is trying to tell stories to capture the feminine imagination yeah. towards a life of how can women uniquely impact the world and how can women lay their lives down for the church and their families and God's yeah. people in a way that actually builds and yeah. is constructive. And the only stories that women are getting their imaginations captured by is like, I don't know, sex in the city or like bad uh chick flick yeah sort of oh but i want to be that girl in the very sharp business suit with the very pretty heels who is yeah 
stopping traffic in New York yeah. with her yeah. legal mind. If only we could do that. <laughs> Whoever that woman is, you know, I want to be her. <laughs> and But I mean, it's interesting because that's the only like big picture imaginative, like who's, yeah. who's telling stories that make women admire Proverbs Domesticity, 31 women. No, yeah. I mean like women who embody some yeah. part of that who's yeah. telling those stories no and in it's that true. in the dearth of those stories how much more important it is for christian yeah, women to totally. know it and understand it and hand it on to their daughters totally and i will say as a completely unrelated but tangentially connected because you said grace agenda this is exciting is i have a big pile here of a bunch of new dish towels oh I had fun, fun yeah and I am going to have them for sale at Grace Agenda. So if you are coming to Grace Agenda, I'm going to have a booth that I'm hoping I can talk your girls into maybe helping me with. But anyway, Funny. I'm very excited about this because there's two. I, I redid the same two dish towels that I did for Canon and they sold out of. And then I did two new ones and I did pot holders and I did napkins. And Super fun. I know. I am actually quite pleased about this. So anyway, I'm just saying that if you're coming with a suitcase, dish towels don't take up a lot of space. Yeah. And you could get your Christmas list. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's my big plug. My financial Becca's hot tip. plan for you mm -hmm. is come ready to buy. My hot tip I gave at the beginning about how to not get in a raft while pregnant. Oh, I thought That's... it was how to not get natural Tums flavors. That was my other hot tip. I am, I have, I am finding out all kinds of hot tips. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those mm -hmm. are my two big ones. Mm -hmm. Those are the big, the big takeaways from today. From me, from me to you. Steer clear. Natural, natural tongues will not bless you. No, they will not. Work on your raft entrance techniques before you get on the water. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so, well, not that you can. You just. Maybe just find a way to not let anyone look at you while you get in the raft. I don't know what the solution <laughs> there is. Throw a little rope ladder out the side. <laughs> That's probably what I needed. <laughs> that would have been really the only way, I think. <laughs> next time, go with the rope ladder. Yep. Yep. Yeah, All right. Well, guys, right. until well, next time. Have fun. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support this podcast and the work of Canon Press, join up at Canon Plus. Just click a link in the show notes, create an account, and have a look around.